0: Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. Called
1: to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And if everything is a lot and you just want to focus on our three things, what do we say? We live, we love. Amen. Amen. FCBC, won't you turn with me on today to the book of Luke? Book of Luke. We're going to chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, and won't you meet me at verse 11. Luke chapter 15 at verse 11. And it reads as such, Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons, the younger of him said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided the property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property and desolate living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He would have gladly filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father." And say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no, wor- no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still afar, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly! bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they begin to celebrate. Amen. Amen. Won't you join me in prayer? Gracious God, we are here today because we still need you, God. We still need a word from you, God. Each and every day, there is proof of why we wouldn't be here without you, God. Each and every day, you continue to bless us with all that is you, God. We don't deserve it, but yet each and every day, you continue to amaze us, continue to blow our minds, continue to do the impossible, God. So we must say thank you, God. God, on today, God, somebody needs a word from you, God. Let your spirit fall afresh all over this place, God. Use me to your best of your ability, God, to get your word out and through the ears of the people, God. Somebody's here today because they still need to know you're still with them, God, still loving on them, God, still working on them, God, here because they need to know you haven't given up on them yet, God. So once again, have your way. Have your way, oh God. Continue to bless us, continue to encourage us, continue to push us so that we may continue to honor you. It's in your name we pray and we say amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Family, for the time I have today, I simply want to speak on a father's love. Just simply want to speak on a father's love. Family. At some point in time in our lives, we all got to the point where we felt bold. We felt bold and we felt like we had the world in our hands. At such times we felt that everything was great. We felt that we knew everything and that we could do anything and that no one could tell us anything. And sometimes these moments will cause us to want to live outside of ourselves. There could be several reasons why, you know, you want to live outside yourself, you get comfortable, your head gets big, and maybe you want to live outside yourself because you aren't comfortable with yourself. So you try to be someone who you're not trying to be a person who is surrounded by people you're getting attention and validation, being the strange person that you wouldn't get being yourself. Maybe you step outside yourself and try to hop on a different path. Uh, You try to hop on a different path because your path doesn't seem as fun or as exciting as some other. So you step on a different path, hoping to get the excitement that you see there, not realizing that your path was made especially for you. Maybe you step outside yourself because every now and again, we get a little bored. We get a little bored of what's going on with our own lives, and we make a little decision that could be costly, but it's okay because it's just a temporary thing and it won't hurt in the long run. But what we do know is that often when you step outside yourself, when you stray from the path that God has put you on, there are going to be consequences. And not all consequences as severe as others, but personally, the consequence I hated the most was having to sit down and explain my actions to my father. Because we all know no matter how old you get, your father always is going to have something to say. No matter how grown you think you are, your dad is always going to have some advice. And the last thing we would want to hear is that there was something we couldn't do. There was something we shouldn't have done. That there was something that was too much for us to handle. And it is different when it comes from your friends. It's one thing when it comes from your associates. It's one thing when it comes from your siblings. It's another thing when it comes from your mother. But when it comes from your father, FCBC, when you got to face the consequences of your actions and your father is the one that you have to explain it to, how quickly things can change. And if we're being honest, it doesn't matter if you're young or old. I'm sure some of us within this last month have been living outside of ourselves, doing things that we shouldn't have been doing, hanging out with people we shouldn't have been. And if we had to explain our actions to our own fathers, we probably wouldn't have done those things. But sometimes those words and actions from your father can really be a great benefit in the long run if you take the time out to listen and accept what they are saying. You may have found yourself at a point in life where things are moving the way you want them. Everything is falling into place and you feel that you can do anything and you start to get, once again, a little full of yourself. You get a little big-headed and you think your success has come by you and you alone. You get so enamored with the things that you are doing and the places that you are going and the people that you are meeting and all the things that you are accomplishing and you actually start to think that your success and your situation has came By you and you alone, without the aid from God. We forget where we were when God found us. We forget how hurt we were when God found us. We forget how broken we were when God found us. We forget how bad things looked. We forget how we were so desperate to get out of those past situations, places, and spaces. We forget all the hours we spent crying and praying, asking God to please help us out of this predicament that we had ourselves in. We were in that dark abyss, ready to give up on life because it seemed like things were not going to change, and you felt like you would be stuck there forever, and you could not see any light in the dark place situation that you may have been in. We forget that it was God who helped us in those dark places and spaces. We forget it was God who turned on the lights and the darkness. It was God who got us out of those situations. It was God who got us back on the right path, and we forget how God opened doors for us that should have stayed Close how God continue to make a way out of nowhere. We forget how God picked us up and turned us around and put us back where we needed to be. We forget all the things that God has done for us. We forget because we become so enamored with ourselves and what we think we do on our own and what we think we can do without God. And we forget. Why do we forget? We forget because once again, when we get caught up with ourselves, we get so self-absorbed, we get comfortable. We get comfortable with all the things that God has done for us. We get comfortable with the notion that when we are in trouble, we can run back to God. We get comfortable, uh, and when we get comfortable, the blessings from God that we once rejoiced about and cheered about now become normalized things. And we get used to the notions that we can run ourselves into any situation without serious consequence. And once again, these blessings, they become everyday things. And because the blessings in our lives start to seem like everyday things, we convince ourselves that there is nothing special about them at all. And we start to think that instead of God being the cause of these blessings, we think that we are the cause of these blessings and not God. So now that we have forgotten and now that we are comfortable and now that we have this notion that we are the cause for the good things in our lives, we start to think that we can move comfortably without God, your thoughts go from God. I could do anything with you behind me to I got this by myself. You suddenly have a self-centered thought process. I got here by myself. I wonder what else I could do by myself. I did this successfully by myself. I wonder what else I could do successfully by myself. I'm good. I don't need anybody else to help me succeed in life. I don't need anybody but me, myself, and I. But your thoughts don't stay thoughts. Your thoughts soon turn to action. And we go out and start to act on these thoughts. We start to do things that we did with God now without God, thinking that we will have the same success that we had with God now without. You grow so confident in yourself that you think that you can do anything. So you start to think that you do not even need God anymore. You become so focused on yourself and you think you can do anything and everything by yourself and that you are better off Without God, you take a leap of faith, but instead of that faith being in God, that faith is in yourself. Come on, FCBC, I know I'm talking to somebody in here. Those moments when you get a little big-headed and you start feeling yourself, you put a little strut in your walk, your chest is puffed out a little bit, your smile is a little wide, and you start to walk with the confidence that you think you muster up on your own, and you think you can do bad all by yourself. And then once again, once you act on these thoughts, once this leaf of faith is taken in yourself, sometimes things will go a little differently than you thought they would. Things will go a little differently than you foresaw. You'll soon realize that this was a bad decision and that you made a mistake. And then once again, you'll start to enter back into those places and spaces that you worked so hard to escape from. You'll find yourself in those same situations that you thought you prayed your way out of. You'll start to be surrounded by those same people who you thought you got rid of. You'll find yourself sitting at rock bottom asking the question, how and why God? How did you end up in this space that you tried so hard to get away from, a space that you thought you would never be in, the space where God had worked to keep you out and away from? Then you start moping and feeling sorry. For yourself, thinking about all you had when you were on top, and now looking at yourself with hate and pity at where you are and how far you have fallen. But just when things seem really bad, something clicks in your mind, and you think back and you start to realize that it was God. Without God, I could do nothing. Without God, I wouldn't be here right now. Without God, my life would fail. Without God, My situation would be a lot different. Without God, things wouldn't be how they were now. Some of you may know what I'm talking about. You've had these moments in life where things are bad, but then you realize that there's a force out there helping you and keeping you from making that mistake or making that bad decision, and keeping you from a form of total collapse. Those moments when good things happen out of nowhere. Moments where things in your favor shouldn't have worked, but they worked. Those moments where you realize that God was working in your life, despite you not acknowledging God, despite you not noticing God, despite you not even looking for God, God was still working. And what do we call them? We call them the but God moments. I shouldn't have got that job, but God. I shouldn't have woken up this morning, but God, I shouldn't have been able to walk out my house this morning, but God, I shouldn't be standing right now, but God, I shouldn't have clothes on my back, food on my table, I shouldn't have been able to walk in FCBC on this morning, but God, but God, but God, those but God moments are critical in life. They always come at the right time, at the right moment, in the right space, place, and situation. When you're at Sarah lowest and you don't have anybody around, you think your life is going downhill. You feel like you're on the verge of total collapse, but God, but God, and that's when we realize that God has always been working, God has always been moving. There has not been a moment where God has left us by ourselves, even when we don't acknowledge God, even when we step outside ourselves, even when we feel like we can do bad all by ourselves without God. But God. And it's so good that God's love is there. That love doesn't always require anything back, because if it did, other but God moments would be a whole lot different. Oh, what it would happen if God's love was dependent on how we acted or what we did or what we uh do or how we behave if we pray to God every day, if we thank God for every little blessing, if we look to God each and every morning and said, Thank you for this breath. What would it look like if God's love was dependent on what we did each and every day? The what God moments would look a whole lot different, FCBC. But sometimes it's important to go through those moments where you have to step outside yourself, because that sometimes is the only way you realize what God's love is doing for you, what God's love is doing consistently for you, that God's love will always be there with you. But once again, sometimes you have to learn the hard way. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. I'm talking to somebody clearly. Jesus tells us the story about a young man who got a little big headed, a young man who had decided he had outgrown his father and felt that it was time to move on. This young man is so confident in himself that he thinks he can move without his father. The young man has no regard for authority because he asked his father for half of his inheritance. If you know how things work, one would not usually receive that inheritance until the father felt ready to pass that inheritance or the father had died. So in this moment, he's saying, old man, you're taking too long to get out of here. He thinks... He doesn't need the one who provided for him all of his life. He thinks he doesn't need the one who took care of him all of his life. He thinks he doesn't need the one who gave him food all of his life. He thinks he doesn't need the one who gave him clothes all of his life. He thinks he doesn't need his father. And he's ready to move on and take this leap of faith in himself. The young man asked for his inheritance and his father without any question without any hesitation or any trouble gives it to him. And once again, sometimes FCBC, you got to learn these lessons on your own. Your father will just sit back and watch as you discover things on your own. The year was 1998. (laughs) And we had just gotten out of church. And we were headed to the Piccadilly at South Square Mall for some good eating. And if you have ever heard of Piccadilly or know things like them? It's kind of like a cafeteria thing. You get your tray, you get your food, and you tell them what you want. I got my food, and I got what I wanted. And then at the end of the line, we got to the dessert section. We got to the dessert section, and you see you're laughing already. We got to the dessert section, and I saw something that made my eyes light up. It was a green kind of gelatin thing. And it looked like jello to me. And I said, Daddy, I want that. And he looked at me and said, have you had that before? Yes, I have. I want that. He looked at me again. He said, I don't think you've had that before. I don't think that's what you want. I said, Daddy, that's what I want. So he got it for me. We went to the table. And I, in a quick hurry, ate my food really fast. And all that time, there were eyes on me. And I pulled the green gelatin to the front of me. I took the spoon, and I took a bite. And FCBC, it was not what I thought it was what I thought was like green apple jello ended up being green pistachio gelatin, and it was nasty. And as they looked at me, and they saw the disgust on my face, I went to push the plate away, and my father said, no. What are you doing? You're not gonna waste my money. You said you ate this before, so what you're going to do is eat it. In FCBC, I sat there, and they made me eat it. I didn't finish it, but they asked for it to go (laughs) plate Because they said, you're going to finish because this is what you told us. You thought you knew better, but in hindsight, you really didn't know what you were getting yourself into. The young man asks for his inheritance, and his father, once again, without any hesitation or any trouble, gives it to him. And the text says that he traveled to a distant country and squandered what he had in reckless living. Some of us know about reckless living. Some of us did some reckless living last night, no? He takes his inheritance, and because he was moving without his father, he immediately loses it all on reckless living. It's incredible how quickly things can go wrong when you decide that you can move without your father. You decide you can move without your father. and You can think you can have the same grace you did when you moved with your father. I have to think at some point in the boy's past, he had done something that he had success in, something that he wanted to do and he thought he could do it uh, alone. And he had success doing it alone because he did it without his father's supervision. He decided he can go a little bit further. And it's funny how we think our knowledge of a situation can surpass the knowledge of those who have come before us. We have to remember that we are all students in this game called life. And there are teachers all around us ready to give us different lessons based on the different experiences they've had. So don't be too um, full of yourself, not to humble yourself to learn lessons from different people, no matter how young or old. There are many lessons that can be given in this life. But the young man that Jesus talks about, he had to learn this the hard way. He had his money. He had his self-assurance. He wasn't under the watchful eye of his father anymore, and he was on his own. And he was ready for life, or so he thought. The young man shows us the dangers of moving without your father and the dangers of trusting and believing in yourself too much. And he experienced three things. The first things that happen when you move without your father, you get too full of yourself, is that you lose yourself. Just as the young man did, he spent all his earnings. You get so enamored with the material things in life that you have gotten that you lose a sense of who you once were and you start acting like a whole new person. You start to do things differently. You start hanging out with different people, those people that your father and mama have warned you about. You start bringing things into your life that have a negative impact just because they look good or they feel. Good. You start surrounding yourself with people and things that only take from you and never give. And these people and things that keep taking from you were the things that you uh, were warned about. But now that you're on your own, you really don't care about those warnings. And they keep taking and taking and taking until nothing is left of you. And now you're just an old hollow shell and you're left with a person that you don't even recognize. You lose yourself, family. When you step outside of yourself, when you step outside the path that God has put you on, you lose yourself. And it's not always easy to find yourself after you lose yourself, especially if you're trying to find yourself on your own. The next things that happen after you have lost yourself is that you hit rock bottom. The story says that the young man spent everything and after he has spent everything, a famine hit because... We know when you're down and feeling low, life sometimes doesn't play fair, and life likes to give you a little kick to let you know how badly you have sunk. The young man was forced to hire himself out as a servant. Once commanding service, now he is forced to hire himself out as a servant. Oh, how life gives you the flip flop. He was forced out as a servant. He was sent to the field to feed the pigs. Life could not have gotten any lower to the young man being forced to work with the pigs, which if you know the culture, pigs were seen as unclean. If you did anything associated with pigs, now you were seen as unclean and nobody would want to touch or be around you. So now you have made these bad decisions. You have lost yourself. You have hit rock bottom and now you are hanging with the unclean and nobody wants to look at you or touch you or even come along to help you. We've all been here at some point or another. Uh, at a low point because of our bad decisions and all we could do is hope and pray that something good will come out of the decision something good will come out and get us out of this situation but instead of being proactive sometimes all we do is mope and sit there in the sorrow of the situation and hoping that somebody or someone will come get us out of that situation we sit there because we don't want to draw attention to ourselves because we are feeling low and ashamed. We don't want to stand up and be seen in our current state in which we have fallen because it would show people just how far we have fallen. We don't want to suffer the embarrassment. We sit there in sorrow remote because we feel mad at ourselves and we think about what we had and how much we had and we lost it all. And sometimes we just sit there like to pout like a little child in the corner. But there is nobody to blame except ourselves. And we hope because that is most likely the only positive thing that we can do in these situations because we're so focused on the negative. All we can do is hope that one day somehow we will get out of it. We hope things will get better, and we hope God is not angry with us, and we hope that God's love is still there, and we hope that God will help us come out of this situation. But once again, you can't just hope. You have to be proactive in these situations. They say prayer without works is dead. Faith without works is dead, and that is a true statement. You cannot pray and hope for things to get better if you are not active in trying to make things better for yourself. You can't just pray and sit there. You got to pray and get up and start doing some things, start doing some different things to make your situation better. And the next things that happen after you've hit rock bottom is that the friends and people who you thought were close to you will disappear. The story says that no one gave him anything. I know you heard this on your journey before, but please be aware of the people you bring around you in your space, in your circle. Please be aware of those people and those friends that we call inconsistent. I know you know what I'm talking about. For some of you, someone just popped in your head right now. If that's someone just popped in your head, you might want to go ahead and reevaluate that relationship that you have with that person. Those inconsistent friends, those inconsistent people who consistently take and don't give, who are there when you have everything. But when you lose everything, they are nowhere to be found. Friends you thought were close but seem to eat at your very existence. Yeah, if you are thinking of a certain person right now, you might need to go ahead and get rid of that person. Because if they're only around you when things are good, when you got a smile on your face, when you're happy, when you feel like giving, when you feel like helping, when you feel like uh, sharing what God gave you, that's not a good thing. Because if they're only around then, and then they disappear when things start to go bad, uh, that once again is not good. Sometimes it's hard to let go of those people, right? You're so scared to lose those friends because you think you need them. So you try desperately to keep them around. But what you need to learn is that of all the inconsistent friends in your life, God is the most consistent being that you will ever need. When you have God on your side, it does not matter who comes and goes. If they feel like you aren't good enough for for them to be around, then you know what you need to tell them? Goodbye. If they think you aren't worth their time, you can tell them, don't let the door hit you on your way out. Because when God is on your side, there is nothing that you need. Nobody else that you need to be around you. No friendship that can break you. Nothing that you can't do. Nothing you can't accomplish. No place you cannot go. No situation you cannot overcome. No battle you cannot win. When God is for you, what can be against you? So let them leave. But keep an eye on them because they'll always try to circle back. Because once again, we know we're not going to be down forever. But when we come up, that's when they'll try to come and pull themselves back. Oh, it's about being disciplined enough to be able to say, no, you are not good for me. So I'm going to push myself away from you and focus on what God has for me. The young man has lost it all. He's lost himself. He's hit rock bottom. Everybody has left him, and he's beaten down, broken, and dirty. But then he comes to his senses. He thinks to himself, here I am feeding the pigs, being envious of pigs. And my father's servants are eating pretty well. Here I am eating, uh, being envious of pigs, and they have enough bread even to give away. I should go offer myself to my father to be one of his servants, at least I'll have clean clothes. At least I won't have to deal with the hunger pains. At least I will have shelter over my head. At least I won't have to go through all of this. So he comes up with his apology lines in his head. I'm sure we've all done this before. We know we've done wrong. So we're trying to figure out ahead of time what to say to our father to make sure we don't get in as much trouble as we would. So we're trying to make the apology seem really, really nice. Daddy, I'm sorry. You said I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. But I did it anyway. Please forgive me. I won't do it again. But probably I'm going to do it again. But just forgive me this one time. He says, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And you and I am not worthy to be your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. And That's what he comes up with. And he heads home. And I'm sure as he's heading home, he's just practicing these lines over and over again. He says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you and I'm not worthy to be your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. Father, I have sinned against heaven and you and I'm not worthy to be one of your sons. Treat me like your hired hands. As he's heading home, the story says his father sees him from afar. He doesn't see him in his filth. He doesn't see him in his dirtiness. He doesn't see him as a failure. He doesn't see him as something bad that's happened. It says he saw his son for who he was. He ran out and he greeted his son. And this is what we have to thank God for, a father's love. The father hugs his son. He kisses his son. And the son's line that he is practicing Aren't even heard because the father is just so overjoyed that his son has come home and has come to his right mind. He doesn't even acknowledge the apology in the story. He doesn't bring up any of the son's mistakes. He doesn't scold him. He doesn't criticize him. All he does in this moment is show him love. And it is so comforting to know that God's consistent love will always be there despite my inconsistent actions. It is good to know that despite my mistakes, God's love will always bless me. It's good to know that despite My errors, God's love will always save me. It is good to know that despite all the bad things in my life that I have done, God's love will be there to fortify me. It is good to know that when I am weak, God's love will make me strong. It is good to know that when I don't feel like going long, God's love will push me. It's good to know that God will love me in spite of me. So no matter what you do, God's love will always be there. No matter what mistakes you make, God's love will always be present. No matter how bad those ideas you have are, God's love will always be there after your bad decisions. When you lose yourself, your father's love will be there. When you hit rock bottom, your father's love will be there. When your friends and family disappear, God's love will be there. When you think you're no good, God's love will be there. When you're down And now God's love will be there. God will always be there. And some of you need to give God a little shout right now because despite your situation, despite what you think you've done, despite what you're going through, despite you not acknowledging God each and every day, despite you not thanking God for all God's done, despite you not acknowledging that each and every day since you were born, God's love has been with you, walking with you, loving on you, pushing you. God's love is still there. Despite you not listening, God's love was there. Despite you thinking you could do all bad by yourself, God's love was there. Despite your actions, God's love was there. You may have done something that got you thinking you're all alone in this moment, in this present moment right now. But guess what? God's love is there and God's love is always going to be there. And I don't know about you, but when I think of God's goodness and God's love and God's mercy, I just got to have got a little extra praise because I know where I would be without that love. I know how life would look without that love. I know how bad things could get without that love. Despite the mistakes I made, God's love is still there. Despite my mistakes, God's love still walks with me. God's love still is there talking with me. God's love is still there making sure that I am good. God promised never to leave me. Never leave me alone. God's love It's still there. There's something about a father's love. Yes, it's it's different to go out into the darkness, but it's different going into those dark situations when you know God's love has a hand on you. My daughter is right there. She's so cute. She's so cute, and she's growing so fast. And I'm learning that she's learning at a quick uh, rate. Uh, And I'm learning that she's learning how Daddy's love works as well. Um, There's a thing I. I've been doing for a while, I take her, and I put her on my shoulders. And I, you know, I walk around, run around, get her laughing. Uh, but when I first started doing this, um, just to get a little shock factor, I would have her here, and I have her, and I lean back. And when I lean back, she would immediately grab my head because she didn't want to fall. And I would lean back, and she would grab my head and didn't want to fall. But as I was leaning back, I was also tightening my grip on her legs. So I would lean back, tighten my grip, she grabbed my head. I leaned back, tighten my grip, she grabbed my head. But then one day, something great happened. I leaned back and tightened my grip, but she didn't grab my head. When I leaned back and tightened my grip, she opened her arms and let herself fall back. When I leaned back and grabbed my grip, she had the confidence to know that daddy's love wasn't going to let her go. When I leaned back, she knew that daddy's love had a grip on her. When I leaned back, she knew that her daddy wasn't going to let her fall into the darkness by herself. Her daddy wasn't going to let her alone into the darkness by herself, despite what it may seem like, despite what it felt like. She knew that her daddy's love had a grip on her. And What I hope she learned from the situation is that her father's love will be there on her darkest days. Her father's love will keep her there when she feels down. Her father's love won't let her go to any dark situation without her being alone. My father would be there when I felt that my life was crumbling around me. My father would be there when I felt things were going bad. So I need you to know, FCBC, that despite your situation, despite you feeling like you're going into a dark situation by yourself, God's love will be there despite your mistakes. God's love will be there. Your thoughts, despite your thoughts, God's love will be there. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. You might think your darkness is surrounding you, but guess what? You're not surrounded in the darkness by yourself because God's love is right there with you. No matter how it feels, it could feel like everything's running down the drain. But guess what? God's love will be there to hold you and not let you go down the drain. God's love will be there to guide you and keep you as you begin to lose yourself. So now, SCBC, that you know this, you can understand what the scripture says. Yay, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. God's love will be there. God will be there in the good and the bad. God will be there. We have a book that shows us all the times that God's love has been present in dire situations. God's love was with Moses as he went to Pharaoh. God's love was with David as he stepped towards Goliath. God's love was with Daniel as he sat in a lion's den. God's love was with Jesus as he was beaten and bruised. And if you look back over your life, you will realize that in every bad situation you've been in, it was God's love that kept you. God's love that pushed you forward. God's love that didn't let you sink. God's love that kept you standing. God's love that showed you a way out of knowing, I don't know about you, but when I think of the goodness of God's love and all that it's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your love. Thank you, God, for your love. Thank you, God, for your love and all that it's done for me, FCBC. God's love will be there. God's love has always been there, whether you know it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not. God's love has been present each and every day of your life since you were born. And that in and of itself is enough to make me say thank you, God. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, God, for keeping me. Thank you, God, that those dark situations weren't as dark as I thought they were. Thank you, God, because each and every day you choose to love me. You choose to love me despite me not loving you back each and every day, despite me not doing what I need to do each and every day. The Father's love is there. It's present. No matter what you do, no matter how you feel, no matter how dark your situation may be, the love is there. And we ought to be grateful because it couldn't be that way. It didn't have to be that way. And if we're honest, it shouldn't be that way each and every day. We could do a lot better in that category. Uh, We could do a lot better in uh, replicating the love that God gives us each and every day. But on this day, we're all going to make that pact. And when we walk out of this building, we'll make sure that we show people outside who don't know that love, what that love is, what that love means, how powerful that love is, how that love can fix so many things. Thank God for God's love. Thank God for God's love. You may be going out into the darkness, but once again, when you know that God's love has that grip on you, those dark places, those unknown situations, the unknown just doesn't seem as scary as it did before. So say amen for God's love. Amen.
0: if you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward.